Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 228. And tonight, the Manlings talk about how all this stuff is coming. Lots of stuff, more stuff than you expect at this time of year. So much stuff coming out. Plus, the smart Manling went to play in the Holy Waters. And they had lots of fun. And he has stuff to talk about for that, too. So, lots of things and stuff coming at you right now. Shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you the onslaught of new stuff, the stuff that is not coming out yet, but holy cow, there's a lot of stuff. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm Nikolai Tesla. I went to go see the current war today, so just forget about it. That's that's fine. It's okay. You know no, no, Tesla. It's, it's okay. That movie. Who do they have for Tesla in that movie? Uh, actually, I think it's the guy. Is it the guy who played Beast in the X Men First Class movies? I mean, it was. Oh, and you know who he was? He was the Mad Max. He was in uh, uh, Fury Road. The Witness Me guy who was with Max and and the girls. Oh, that dude. He was Tesla. Would you say the movie was electrifying? Absolutely. I see what you did there. Very good. I like that. Shocking. Yeah. It was a really cool movie. Like it was way better than I expected it to be. But I'm doing all my toolbox now. We should I should probably shut up and let you thank the sponsors. We probably should. Yep, uh, yep, yep. So, as always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Sork Superstore. 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 Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs and MDF things and cool templates and and stuff and things. They get, Basically, if you want it made out of MDF... And you don't see it on their website, just email them. They'll make it for you. It's kind of awesome. And Grognard's Games in Roselle, Illinois. There's always something happening at Grognard's. There is always something happening at Grognard's. And speaking of which, dude, every time I go into that place, I'm more and more impressed. I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. Dude, I went in there and they've actually got copies of the, the what's the new box? Uh, Feast of Bones. They have such a huge paint variety and glue. I didn't realize they could they had that many different types of brands of model glue. Um they've just they've got literally everything you could want there. I was in there before I came over to your house the other day. Uh That was yesterday. They, yeah, the other day. But that would be yesterday, not the other day. It's not this day. If it's not this one, it's the other one. We can go around like this all day and then guess what? We'll have no listeners. So, yesterday I was over there and I uh, picked up the spray paints, and I picked up a maw pot for Kira's Ogres, because that model's pretty sweet. Um, and I picked up a, a, a beet stick paint stick from them to give that a try. Especially with the weather being chilly out, you got to get that stuff sprayed quickly. Get four or five of them on inside where it's nice and warm. Get the can stuck up. Jump out into the garage before it gets too cold. Run it back in. Take them off the stick once it's dry. Stick some others on. Work very quickly with the paint stick. I'm very happy with it. I do wanted to talk about Grognards because we don't have a regular commercial for them. So, because the regular commercial's coming because the cool stuff, the, like all the cool stuff that you know that's going on at Grognards right now, it's getting cooler. 
It's going to get cooler. It's getting more awesome. Um, and I did want to, before we jump on to the Patreon sponsors, one last thing. I did want to promote. I know next weekend, which is the 16th, um, they're doing, they're having a big come on in and learn to play games day. They got people there demoing all sorts of different tabletop war games and different types of other games there. And I, I think I'm going to be there too. I'm, I'm, that's my plan right now, at least as long as things don't go completely horribly wrong. So, um, we are going to be down at Grognard's or we being me being the one I'm talking about here are going to be down doing lots of cool things. Um, down at Grognards. Why? Because there's always something happening at Grognards. All right. So thank you, all of our Patreon sponsors, for being part of the 1% who make this show and everything we do possible. And that includes our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, and Christopher Sanders. Um, We don't have a new patron since the last episode, but that's okay because we have so many awesome current patrons um, uh, each and every one of them deserves our our thanks for making sure that all the things that happen on Garage Hammer are happening because of them. So thank you all very, very much. Um, and one last thing. Hey, guess what, Alex? Did you know we have voicemail? Yes. You did? Wow. I've been doing this for 228 episodes, and every time I ask that question, everybody I ask them to is like, really? So you, you figured it out. That's awesome. And did you know that uh, people can leave a voicemail, and it will oftentimes wind up on the show? Don't lie to people. Uh, I'm not lying. The voicemails come through. Uh, and all you got to do to leave a voicemail is call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers dial 00, and then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And if you don't have the letters on your phone, that's 441-4696. You can call and leave a voicemail. And uh, it, like I said, we I listen to them and we get them on the air. Now, um, we are actually going to talk about the two. We did get two voicemails, uh, and we are going to talk about them a little bit later in the show. They had a couple of questions, and I sent uh, I sent the questions, the summaries of their questions to you as well, Alex, in the show notes. And uh, we're going to mm-hmm. discuss that after the toolbox. Um, I'm not going to play the voicemails, although I do have the the basically the transcripts of the voicemails, only because I'm having a I'm having a technical issue on this end with getting them to be heard um, and heard clearly on here. So I'm just going to summarize them. But I do want to thank um, both Channing and uh, what was it? It was Channing, and what do I have written here? And oh. That's right, Captain Scurvy, Channing and Captain Scurvy, who called in with questions to the voicemail. So we're going to address those in just a bit. Um, but before that, we should probably we should probably get to the toolbox. That's what I'm thinking. How about you? Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. All right, so let's jump right into it with the toolbox brought to you by... Chaos Orc Superstar. <laughs> That's right. Chaos Orc Superstar. Chaos Orc Superstar. Chaos Orc Superstar. Ooh, Chaos Orc Superstar. All right. Hobbying. What have you... I know you've been hobbying. I know you, it's, um, it's not been too much painting those uh, deepkin, because you is not the biggest fan of painting more deepkin. No, I isn't. Um, <laughs> but no, I've been getting my unmade done for... 
um, Warcry. Mm-hmm. So that's really been the main focus of my hobby right now. So let me ask you this. What's the color scheme you're going with with your Unmade? Because that's the one crew that the kids at Warhammer Club, there's a kid who is obsessed with that crew. Like always, uh, it's always got to be there. And I was thinking I might just paint that one up really fast so that he can put um, with some paint. Yeah, sure. So how I did it while well, I'm doing contract. So it's all metal first and i prime grazier i'm not a fan of the wraith bone okay um i do lead belcher let that dry for 24 hours because i'm cdo about metallic paint okay so uh let's see so then i do that wash all the metal with null oil and it's done there you can dry brush if you want do you and wash it with you do dry brush then 24 hours set because i don't trust metal flat null uh-huh. oil or gloss flat okay you don't necessarily need to gloss it because the gracier underneath is so bright, it doesn't dull it down as much. Uh, I see. Okay. So then I do touch up of the gracier. Um, and then for their skin, I did a really thin Majos purple um, because I wanted them to look like somewhat Shyashian tainted. Okay. But not like obnoxious. Um, Trying to think what else. Uh, for their skirts and their chitans and everything like that, I just took the various flesh pots and just did patches because I did that their skirts are flayed skin. Oh, okay. That seemed appropriate. Any bit of like actual cloth, I did shyish purple. Um, touch up wraps. That's really about it. Leather was leather. Like, it's called snakebite leather for a reason, so you should probably use it for leather. Yep. I found um, that to be a really – that's that's another great color. Yeah, and then I didn't paint their scars yet, um, That, but we'll come to that. Actually, we can just talk about it now, I guess. Um, I'm going to the Plunging Spires next weekend that's being run by the Mortal Realms crew in Madison. Mm-hmm. It's a Warcry narrative event, and my guys – uh, their leader is Zazaria. So when I was reading about what the unmade were, the first thing that came to my mind was Zaz, like Victor Zaz from Batman. Oh, okay. So every time that one of my guys takes somebody out, I'm going to paint one of their scars, uh, just like how Zaz does when he kills somebody. <laughs> Interesting. Well, the thing is, it's like they delight in agony and administering pain. So if they cut somebody, it feels to me more appropriate that they should also cut themselves. So you're going to keep track of how many times each of these guys die over the course of your little one? No, 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 no. How many times they take somebody out? Oh. Because Zaz is the tally guy. Oh, He counts how many he's killed by cutting on himself. Okay. So he's like, uh, what is it? Is it Lucius from... The uh, Emperor's Children. Who's the guy who he puts a cut on his face every time he kills somebody? Yeah, Lucius. Right. Okay, so he's like that. So what happens if you run out of actual scar spots to paint? You're just going to start painting new ones? Is he just going to get yep. ridiculous? Yeah, and then the other thing I had thought of doing, because their faces are like skulls. Yep. Um. So I had thought, if I'm starting to run out of room, take um like a white, grayish paint and start to 
do lines around their faces to paint in the skull on their masks. Okay. So they look a little more intimidating. Wow, that's a that's a heck of a that's a heck of a thing. Like that, that's a crazy bit of project there. Like the more you play, now you got to go back and keep painting up and touching up this model. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to run out of space. And that's good. That means he that means did his job. He or she did their job. <laughs> that's true. I guess. I mean, to be fair, most of the killing in that warband comes from the joyous one, or the uh, blissful one, and or the joyous one. To be honest, uh, so that's the leader and the little one that's skipping off the rock. Um, and the blissful one has got those really long tassels off of her arms. Right. So those are going to be extra tally sheets for her. Okay. Oh, you got this all thought out. Yeah. And this was what I was thinking when I was reading about them from the Warcry anthology, how it's, they delight in administering pain. And that said Zaz to me. So I'm going with it. Cool. That works. What else are you doing besides those guys? Um, not much else, to be <laughs> perfectly honest with you. Um, I'm just looking around the room, and it's just a mess. But, uh, yeah, no, that's really been about it. I've kind of put the grots on the back shelf because I've not been happy with them. So, Do you mean the way they play? The way they play, yeah. I... I think the big thing is it's just I'm not in that headspace to play with a bunch of models that die really easy, um, that you have to move continually, that – I don't know. Like when I was playtesting the book, it was definitely the right book for me right then. Yeah. But now where I'm standing with the baby, with trying to do everything else, it is just not jiving with me right now. It happens, man. It happens. I know how much you love your grots, so I know that's that's like pains you to say that. But I it mean, does. But that, that's, it's it's just the phase of the moon. Yeah. So, <laughs> see what you did there. You yeah, just got to wait for it. Look at you with all the. Uh, that's like all the dad the jokes. Puns and puns. the dad jokes. Yeah, I know. It's like you've only been a dad like ten months. You've mastered the puns and the dad jokes. I'm proud of you. I was practicing for a couple of years prior to Joan. <laughs> yes, so. you were. Uh, yeah. Yes, you so, were. How about you? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, um, so I, uh, what did I build here? I've been doing some terrain for Warcry because Warhammer Club, uh, which is why I think uh, I, I'm off Monday, but I think Tuesday or Wednesday I'm going to stop by. Mr. Phillips's room, who's the guy who I share the, we both do the club, and he's got a biology room, so he's got the big, you know, the the, the two person tables as opposed to regular desks. So we have club in his room. So I think I'm going to grab some of the Warcry crews, and maybe if I can get them sprayed, uh, I'm just going to do some quick, quick and dirty uh, contrast painting on them, just to get them a little more painted, get them look a little better. I, the kids want, I think. The kids kind of, you know, they're interested in painting, but they don't know what they're doing. And I think if they see something painted, they'll get a little more excited about it and want to jump in and work on that. Mm -hmm. Because, um, uh, I, I don't know. You know how it is. Once you start to see something looking cool, you kind of want yours to look cool, too. So uh, yeah, for I, sure. 
did that. I've been painting the Night Haunt. Uh, I've moved on to some characters because I think for my 2,000 point list, I've got everything painted but the characters, at least for the list I'm working, I'm playing with right now. So that's only like five models. Well, six if you count the uh, Vampire Lord uh, ally. I got like six models to paint, and I'll have my two thousand points done. And that's still not half of my models, but I'm still and I'm still going to keep plugging away at them. But at least I'll know. Okay, look, I've got this much of my list done, and then I can work on the rest of this stuff if I want to change and adjust and and do all that stuff. So that's what I've been. What else? Uh, oh, I did now. I, I since purchasing. Since purchasing counts, um, I uh, I uh, bu- 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 I did pick up the Great Maw Pot, like I said. I did get the cards for Ogres and the Ossiarch Bone Reapers, even though I'm not, I don't, I'm not necessarily playing Bone Reapers, but I like the rules and I like, so I wanted to get the cards so I can kind of keep things and flip through them. It's kind of, sometimes it's easier just to have the cards than the whole book with you. Uh, and I did pick up that paint stick as well. So that's all of my hobbying. Oh, no, and that's not true. Um, GW was nice enough to send a copy of Feast of Bones this way. Uh, and I put the kit together. Um, and I did build all that. I will say the new Ogre Tyrant is hot. That thing is an amazing looking model. He just, he's just a little bigger, a little tougher. Um, just, even though he's just kind of standing there with the one thing off to the side, I mean, the other, well, I guess they're all either metal or fine cast now for the regular tyrants. And this guy in plastic is just so detailed, so nice. That tyrant is wonderful. Um, which is a little more than I could say for the Osiarch Bone Reapers, but we'll get to that a little later. Um, yeah, and you said they were quite a bit smaller than you were anticipating. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I said I sent you that picture. Um, the the main dudes, the the main grunt, the tech guard. Yeah, they're the same size, if not a touch smaller than Graveguard. Like I know they're supposed to be skeleton monsters about the size of skeletons, but just everything in the picture looks bigger. Those big forearmed guys are just a touch bigger than an ogre. Like they're the 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 ogres come up to like the bottom of their heads or the tops of their shoulders, which is about the same as a stormcast. Like you sit them next to a stormcast, and those forearmed guys are uh, are just a head a little, just about a head over them. That's it. They're not. I mean. You look at the pictures, and you're expecting something a little bigger and beefier than than what you get, and that that is the, the size is not the issue. But those, I mean those those guys are on twenty five, man, which for this game is kind of tiny. That's you know mm-hmm. that's not the bulk of them, not the bulk of the models from the lines being on twenty fives usually. So, I was just when in the wake of, I mean even the night haunt, like the stuff that's on twenty fives for night haunt, uh, the the. The uh, chain rasps. Chain rasps. I guess the chain rasps ne- aren't necessarily much bigger than these guys, but then they also have the little wisps and stuff that they're coming off of the little ghostly parts, so they're a little bit higher up and a little bit wider out. So they they are 
the model itself overall is a touch bigger than that. So I was just, I was just, I was surprised. I was expecting. It could also be because the Mortex are slightly more static compared to a lot of the other models that they've been coming out with lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, the the size and the proportion uh, of them, I. I mean, some it happens pretty often. You see these really cool models and, and the things, and you look at them, and you're like, wow, those aren't as big as I pictured them being from looking at the picture on the box. Uh, and this is definitely the case for that, where they are they are much smaller than I expected them to be. But I did get the set built and going so we could take a look at it. And you know what? Um, more guests are still a pain in the butt to build. No. Yep, and guess what? There's still going to be a pain in the butt to paint. That's a sub-assembly thing if you want to get it all right, or just a quick paint job if you're not worried about that. But getting behind those those uh, the armor plates and stuff like that, painting around that, so it's going to be a big honking pain in the butt. Really pay attention to it when you're building it, folks. If you think you really want to get in there with the paint job, once you've got it built, before you slap those last few plates over the top, get that stuff painted, prime it, paint it, and then slap those uh, last parts over the top. Otherwise, you're never going to reach in there with a paintbrush. And that's your hobby advice from me for the day. Hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, how about gaming? Uh, well, you and I just played a game last night. We did, just the other day. <laughs> Uh, I amuse me. We played a game the other night. It wasn't really so much a game as as we put out our models, and you're like, nope, don't do that. Here's how to do it the right way. Learn how to play your army. Um, and under your tutelage, I actually won the game. In um, a turn and a half. Uh, about, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was another thing with the objectives. Like when we played before, I could not beat you off the objectives in the last game. You came in, grabbed it, and I just I didn't have a chance. Uh, that was three places of power. Yesterday we played... Duality of Death. Duality of Death. That's it. Thank you. And um, I moved my guys in. You're like, nope, this is how you do These guys come in. These guys put them in the ground so they pop out here. And when you deploy, be sure you deploy this way and that way when you bring them out. And you did. You showed me how to use my army in a ways I had not thought about using my army. That's that's part of it. It's not so much like, oh, remember your synergies, which you were still doing. You know, Remember your bubbles. Remember what guys do what and who helps whom and where you should put them. But it was how to place that army and how to put it together. Um, and I really loved it because it really – it. <sighs> that game became a game of attrition. You brought your eels and the rest of your deep kin. But you were playing what now? Because you had a you were playing you had the girl you you were playing what some enclave or whatever they're called. I was playing Fuethon, um, and since the book came out, I've pretty much been playing Domhain. Um, Fuethon is the one where you flip the tide with the tide caster, so so you're running and charging turn one. Um, which and was I've crazy because you Domhain, which is you don't flip the chart, but. Anytime you charge, you get to reroll ones to hit. Right. So um, it was an adjustment. I don't think I'm going to stick with that list. It didn't 
jive with me because I also did not take the battalion. The uh, Namardi Corps is one of those things that you see in that uh, enclave a lot because it gets a lot of your cheap battle line out of the way because if you don't take a king, the eels don't count as battle line. Right. So you still need either three units of thralls or reavers. And there is just nothing in me that says I want to paint 20 more reavers. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to try something new the next and, time. And they are but, squishy uh, because that whole scenario is the objectives are held by heroes or battle line. Yeah. And so for you, you killed off all of my thralls. Uh, and your eels were still whooping my guys like they were pounding on them and i was having a lot of trouble removing even the smallest amount of models i'd get one or maybe two gone over the course of a turn in units of nine well no because apparently my army doesn't have to kick a whole lot of butt my army just has to be play at least in those types of scenarios the hold objectives they it's a war of attrition which just reminded me of playing my vampire counts and just having tons and tons and tons of zombies. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do much to you, but you're not chewing through all this stuff. Uh, And by the time you do, I should have been able to, that, that should have held you off long enough for me to do what the things I needed to do. Um, and I haven't played that in well, since Age of Sigmar came out, I haven't played that kind of a game. And through at least half of 8th edition, that I'd say 60% of 8th edition probably, that was my army. That was the army I played and the play style I played. And it, nothing's really captured that for me. Even playing Legions of Nagash hasn't really quite gotten that feel of playing that sort of attrition army where it's like, I'm just going to throw so much at you. Um by the time you get through it, it's too late. Uh, and that army's fast. They move. I mean, I didn't real. I mean, I thought everyone moved base six, but it's like, no, some of your good guys move out like eight. And your dude on a horse is moving like, you know, what, 12 and 14. And it's just like, next thing you knew, my army was over halfway across the board. And I don't play fast. Army. I haven't played a fast army in forever, you know. Dwarves or or shambling dead things or or heavily armored slow walking stormcast. So when these things were moving, you know, sixteen inches up the board, boom at a clip on a quick run, these guys grabbed the objectives and then all of a sudden all like ninety or whatever chain rafts come up out of the ground all around it and it's like, Okay, now get through this. That it was I appreciate you were showing me how to play this army because I was having fun with it before. Like, even when we played on the air and I got whooped, I was having fun because it was just cool to play it, something different, something I hadn't done before. But now seeing what it can do, it's like, oh, I could actually have a chance with this. Like, I could actually pull something off based on what I've been building and what I like to do. And I didn't know that I was going to have anything that was really effective. But uh, so thank you for showing me. Uh, now I got to get through and get a list of all, make sure I have all those synergies and all that stuff. And I got to start putting together my little gamer's handbook for Night Haunt and actually learn all the stats for all my army to make that a little quicker. 
but uh, that was kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. I, that was the first game I ever won against uh, uh, Deepkin. So that was also fun. Yeah, Deepkin uh, have a bad match with Nighthaunt because there's so much rend in Deepkin between the Eels, the Thralls, um, and a few of the other things. And Nighthaunt is just like, that's cute. <laughs> oh, I sorry. only care when you blow off your electricity. Yeah. That's it. That was brutal. That okay. was brutal. And I got so I got a really good save roll with my death save. I think I saved on one of those I saved like four on six ups and they still that was just decimating. So but the thing is, and we talked about this during the course, um I sent nine eels into the twenty blade guys and a few other things that you had and as anticipated, I nerfed the blade guys, but then you hit me with chain rasps and I got mired. So it's like, okay, I took one of your big, cool units that I can't let live, but then you still pulled the game out in a very convincing fashion. Yep. Uh, that worked. Uh, and once again, though, there was you pointing out, look, why, you know, just, the 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 movement tactics with them move these things here move this do that um just remembering that they're not just ethereal but can fly so just move them where you need them to be don't worry about what's intervening just get them if you can reach to where it needs to be um then get your charge off and get it on 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 a on a far corner so you can't pile in with too many, can't get too much stuff to kill them. This is all old um, zombie tactics that I just haven't played in years. And like as you're explaining it to me, it's all clicking. It's all kicking in. And, and, you know, that muscle memory is coming back. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, yeah. It was just, it was dumb. Like I've never... I mean, I mean, I am mistaken. I did want, I did win once against Deepkin, other than yesterday, but that was during pack, and that was a guy who took a giant turtle and took some subpar stuff for his army, um, and all of his his whole army was dependent on like deep striking and 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 teleporting in, and the scenario was no teleporting. You start on the table or you're dead. So he got kind of screwed over, and I think that's what made me win. But this game, like I said. I mean, when we were done, we talked for quite a bit. I was just sitting there look, putting my models up, just looking at them, kind of shocked. Like, you guys can do this? Yeah, they don't suck. No, they don't. And that's all I keep hearing is they're so they're so mediocre at best. They're so average at best. Like, uh, these guys, I mean, they, you know, they may not do a ton of damage um, for the number of these little guys you get, but neither did zombies. It's, that's not their job. Once you understand how this army works, suddenly I was like, oh, wow, I could do this. I could do this and and do well with it, I think. So I am super excited because my PACA army is pretty much come together. It's so come together that I'm thinking by Thanksgiving, hopefully I'll be done with all of it and I can just start focusing on putting together a halfway decent display board. That'd be something. Crazy. Crazy delicious, but crazy. So... Um, have you done any other gaming besides that game where you taught me so much? And by the way, you're, um, what are those mantas? Those, that's the Slanesh. 
No, that's a Zinch set. What are those? Those are Zinch... Uh... Screamers. Oh, right, right Screamers. Um, the Screamers, as Eels model, was really cool and added a nice bit of variety to what you saw on the table. Thank um, you. I really like them. Yeah. Um, for those that haven't seen them, because I've not been playing that many games with them, um, for my extra unit of Eels, I wanted to do... Um, well, one, I didn't want to paint any more eels because I've painted 18 of them, and that's enough. Yep. Um, so I took the Zinch Screamer, and I shaved off six of their eight eyes because why they have eight eyes just irritated me for Zinch. Um, so I scraped it down to two eyes, and I gap-filled their backs and their stomach for the peg. Um, right. Shaved off most of the spikes on their, on their underguts, and then I put a Mandrake from 40k on the back of it with a dread spear uh from the dread spear kit and that's my converted unit of morsar guard um because i wanted to add a little more variety and do something a little more sinister because why not so yeah that's what those are and they help really break up they look really weird on the table uh with the rest of them and that was kind of the point I like I said I I thought they were fantastic, and uh, they reminded me of the old uh, the wood elf eagle riders like the old school ones just just standing on the back of them like mm-hmm. riding on the backs of it, um, but yeah bravo because that looked really quite good um, when you first started putting it down having not played a ton of. Um, Deepkin, I thought that was a legit unit at first. And then you're like, oh, these are my other eels. I'm like, wait, eels? Oh, yeah. oh you converted those. That's right. I forgot about watching you because uh, I saw you posted a bunch of it when you were working on it. I remember. And it's like, oh, it clicked. I'm like, oh, that's really nice, man. So just want to give you props for your awesome conversions because I don't do conversions. I don't either. Well, you did. And they rock. Mm-hmm. So any other games? Or? Um, no, not outside of Holy Havoc. Okay, we're going to talk about Havoc a little bit later, so, okay. Cool. I did be, I, I did be doing, I almost, I just said that. Yeah, that's not right. Uh, I did get some other gaming in at Warhammer Club. I taught some of the kids to play Underworlds. Uh, nice. And they're really, you know, it's, <laughs> some of the kids, like, Warcry isn't complicated, as far as how to play, but then getting the strategy and the idea down and being able to move all over the place for kids who've only ever played board games. Um, just that freedom of model movement and stuff is was a little overwhelming, I think, for a couple of the kids. Uh, so when they came back this week, they had been painting last week. They tried some Warcry. They tried a little kill team. You know, they, was like, uh, they like it, but they're not, they don't feel like they, they really were doing very well, so they had been painting, and I'm like, why don't you guys uh, come over and try Underworlds? And like, really? And then they saw it was like, very few models. It's on the board. Everything is spaced. Like, you have spaces you can move. So it took away some of that uh, that openness uh, that comes, you know, when you're playing the regular tabletop war games. Mm-hmm. It moved it into that board game realm they were more f- familiar and comfortable with. And boy, howdy. They were like, oh, this game's really good. Like, I'm like, and they just had basic stuff. Like, they were playing, 
you know, the base decks that came with some of the starter stuff. They, we don't have a ton of stuff for, um, for Underworlds. Uh, I did bring my Grotz just to kind of show them what a little painted crew again, how much a little bit of paint on it can change your perspective on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I was playing Grotz against the uh, Garrick's Reavers. And talk about a talk about a a, a bad rolling of like it was the end of turn two and only two models had died. It was in a round two, so they, they they finally near the end of round two, I think a third one died right at the end, and they got to they got to all um, you know go to their inspired, inspired forms. And I only had two gold after all that too, two glory, because I just got the wrong mix of cards. But luckily, I was doing really poorly, so the his bad luck with rolling dice and the kids' bad luck with doing that uh, was still countered. So they still felt like they had had a they were in it and they were winning. Um, at the end of the last round, before we finished up, they did manage to grab several more glory, and I grabbed like one more glory. So they they won. But I'm like, so next week they were like looking at the models, I'm like, you know, if you want, I can come in, I can show you how to paint these models, or um, I'm going to bring in stuff to paint either way. Uh, but if you want, you guys can play this again, and uh, I'll just paint ne- right near you guys so that way if you have questions, I can help. But I don't think you need me to be actually playing with you again. And they're like, oh, so now we've got kids playing Warcry, kids playing Kill Team, kids playing Underworlds. And then there was two other kids there who had kind of played a little everything. And we're like, Mr. Phillips, what else What else you got to show us? Is there anything else? And so he pulled out the mini not the not the full on Soul War starter box, but the one that the the smaller version of it that came out. Tempest of Souls. That's yeah, I think that's the one because I know they came with two. I think it was Tempest of Souls. I think you're right. Um, and he set that up for one for a couple of the kids, and he had them playing regular Age of Sigmar, and that was kind of interesting because I was not too far away, and he's going through it, and um, they were both intimidated and impressed. With that game. Like when it ended, they're like, this is so much more complicated than Warcry. And we're like, yep. And they're like, but this is so much cooler than Warcry. Like Warcry is fun and easy and fast. It's so funny to see kids going in the other direction because we're like, Warcry is so awesome because it's so much simpler than Age of Sigmar. And they're like, Age of Sigmar is so awesome because it's so much more complex than Warcry. Um, but they want to play more of it. They see it has more of that variety and they're intrigued despite or possibly perhaps because of the complexity in in the game but it's just so much fun to watch high school juniors and seniors and now they're like talking about bringing more friends and everybody wants to come in and and try something else and um i have a feeling the next big swing will be to paint once we get a couple of small crews painted and some kids are paying, playing with painted crews. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can teach you how to do this. We got the contract. It'll go quick. I think that we're going to see that a little more of the hobby and building shift come in now that they have found things that they like and want to play. And now they kind of – they're getting to the point where not only do they like to play it, but they know which factions or groups they they enjoy the most. So now, that, now they know kind of what they want – to do so it's like oh I want to paint this because this is the one the thing I always play with I want to make sure it's painted so I have a feeling that's the next little 
step in the phase of what's going on in club. Club's been very fascinating this year because you've got a bunch of kids, and it's been really cool to see them go from absolutely zero exposure to GW or anything like GW to just being all in on it and uh, super enthused about doing this and playing this. Uh, there was literal talk about um, putting uh, war bands, war cry war bands on Christmas lists this year for the kids. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they are in, in. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is very good. Who knows? You might see a few of them show up at Adepticon this year because it's literally Adepticon this year is during spring, uh, spring break. So I don't even have to take a day off to go this year. So um, I have a feeling some of the kids, the the seniors with cars, may come out there to see what uh, Acon is like this year. Awesome. And that's all of my gaming. Yippity yap. I'm talking a lot of crap. Um, and you had yours done. So you got any other? No. No? I already said I had saw The Current War. So if you want to see a good movie about Edison and, and Tesla and Westinghouse... It's actually really good. Uh, I'm almost done with Nemesis Notes for uh, 30K, the Horus Heresy series, and after Eleanor, we're actually um, scheduled to work on get that last part of that book out finally um, rather shortly. Uh, and I'm also finishing up my notes for Ghoul Slayer so I can discuss Ghoul Slayer, the latest Gottrek Gurnison novel. Uh, discuss that in a bit more Probably next episode. And that's my other. Neat. And that was the Toolbox. Brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstore. Um, should we do the voicemail thing before we take a break? And we, I mean, technically we had one with the Grognards, the live ready, commercial-y stuff. Um, and all the stuff that's going on there next weekend. Because, as you know, there's always something happening at Grognards. So... Uh, let's do this voicemails. You want to do this, and then we can get the we can, that way we can uh, answer the questions that they had because they had some questions. Cool. All right. Uh, the first one I got the transcript. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of it because, as we know, Google Voice sometimes makes what you say sound insane. Uh, so hey, fellas, this is Channing. Um, said you want to be. Able- Believe voicemail, so here's one. I'm just getting started in Age of Sigmar, looking to build my own terrain. So what and how many pieces of terrain do you guys recommend, and at about what height do you recommend having something that people can garrison in, and what do you look for in good terrain on the table? That's what he's asking. That way he'll know what to build. Love you. Love your show and you guys. So um, what do you think about the terrain question? Um, well, for height-wise, you do want a good mix of stuff, um, combination of fences, buildings, um, hills are not terrain features, but they can block line of sight, uh, just depending on how big they are, so, and hills are quick and cheap and easy to make, um, if you're looking for, like, height-wise, you can really just kind of go crazy with the cheese whiz, if you want, um, generally, like the height of a Korgorath would probably be sufficient uh, for most of your pieces. Um, but otherwise, you can kind of do whatever you want. I mean, 
the stuff that shouldn't be blocked by a building like Archeon. So don't put together a piece of scenery that can block Archeon. Yeah, you don't want anything big enough to block the old like monsters. You want you no know, all, all of them. It just depends on the monster. Right, but I'm saying for the most part, if you if you're looking, he he just got back into the hobby. He said after a while, so I'm thinking back to seventh and eighth ed. You don't want to be able to hide dragons behind a building necessarily, or or giant bloodthirsters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or the what is yeah the you know the greater demons of corn and stuff like that. Those guys you should probably be able to see around your terrain, but uh, you definitely want a variety. Like you said, it's a little, some little, some medium, some big. I prefer a cluttered table. I prefer to have, I mean, I usually put down about 10, 12 pieces. I make sure that there's a lot of line of sight blocking um, stuff. I don't necessarily leave it as open as before. I think once we went away from rank and file, you don't need that open space to be able to actually play the game and move things around. Um, I think it looks better and... Um, it actually comes in really useful with the different line of sight blockers and variety of what's there and in the way you can move your guys around the stuff a little more fun. That's my personal opinion. Um, we can you can can you garrison buildings still? Is that even a thing now? I think it depends on the war scroll. Okay, there are some that say you can, some that say you can't. It just depends on the individual building's war scroll. Okay, so but do you recommend something people can garrison? I always think that's fun. I always enjoy a place where you guys can put your guys. Yeah, in. Um, it's not the worst idea in the world to have a mix of stuff to do. Just as long as you and your opponent go over what it is before you start playing and make sure you're both on the same page with regards to its rules, then you're fine. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it comes down to taste because I'm seeing people now who are just using the new Sigmar, the Forbidden Power. You know, everything is just large, flat, you know, big temple area things. There's a lot of that going down. If you put a, a bunch of those on the table, that's taking up a huge portion of the real estate. And it's almost like putting on hills for part of it, you know, with all the, it's like a hill with a bunch of pillars around it. It's that size and that height but there's a big flat areas in it so it it really I, th- I think one of the great things about it is it really just comes down to player preference you know how you like to play I hmm. I have a lot of the forbidden power stuff I don't put more than a piece or so down on the table because it is a lot of real estate and it's kind of flat I like to add a lot of variety that's me personally mm-hmm so I think that's in. What do you look for in good terrain on your table? I think we just, yeah, I think we covered all of that. It's the variety yeah. of sizes and shapes and stuff. All right. Uh, second one is, hi there, David Alex. This is Captain Scurvy in New York City. He's an old Warhammer Fantasy battle player, recently back to the hobby, and wow, he totally gets how Gotrek feels. Has a few questions. Uh, first, transport cases. Do you prefer foam or magnetic, and what do we use? Is there a particular brand you recommend? Um, I put the guys in foam, but I could totally see if you're a magnetizer, um, having like a table war tray or one of these trays that's, you know, magnetic racks that you can just place your uh, 
just guys put, on. Yeah, just place the tray right on the magnetic rack and have it stick in there. Um, but yeah, I I pretty much use battle foam because they used to sponsor the show and they sent us a lot of battle foam. That's, <laughs> that's what I use. Um, I like it. Yeah, um, I do a combination. Um, I do have a Game Plus bag for my miniatures mm-hmm. um, with their foam, and I really like that bag. I took it over to the UK um, when Carrie and I went over there uh, for the South Coast, and it's super lightweight, really nice, really enjoy it. Um, but then I also have trays uh, that I use for more local tournaments. Uh, that I need to get in the habit of getting rid of. So, like Tupperwares, um, like the large storage bins. Right. So, no, eventually I want to get everything in foam, but it just hasn't happened yet. And I know I know people who have the KR Multicase, that, uh, that transport system, which is a softer foam than the battle foam. Uh, it reminds you of the old GW foam, the sort of soft and squishy foam. Yeah. Uh, and then that goes into a, a really strong, heavy, hard case around it. Um, and they have a, a little modular system. Like you can get a bag and then the foam will go into like a thick, uh, a thicker gauge cardboard boxes and then you just stack the boxes into your bags. So you can, you can, uh, if you do that, you have several boxes, the smaller boxes and you can just swap out whole boxes when you're doing different things with your different armies. So. There's a lot of variety out there. It depends on what you want to spend and and where, what you like. I know some people don't like that the battle foam foam is pretty hard. I've heard of people actually say that when they're, if they got to kind of squeeze their models in to the foam because they're a little bit big for that particular square that's cut out, you know, they'd be like, oh, it's, I've never had it rub paint off my models. But I've heard people say, oh, it's possible. But I, I like I said, I've yet to see it happen. So... Um, I know Chris you has the the um the table war one though with the magnetic trays and stuff like that. I he had he bought that for his uh when he's playing orcs and goblins. Mm-hmm. And, and he loved it cuz he could keep all those big units on those movement trays and just drop them right onto that metal slide out tray and put it right back away and it was so quick and easy for him. So, it depends on what you want to do uh last bit of uh captain scurvy's question um if they're already uh oh here he goes second bone reapers are coming out soon if they're not already out by the time people are hearing this based on what you have seen so far will either of you be adding them to your collections why or why not thanks for a great show captain scurvy out um, are you planning on buying and playing Bone Reapers? No. Nor I. I was, but not anymore. Uh-huh. Um, is that because you found something that you find more exciting that you really want to play, or is there other reasons? There's other reasons, but we'll come to that later. Okie doke. Yep, that's, that's just double-checking, wondering what you were thinking. Um, all right, cool. So, I think with all of that, and thank you to Channing and uh, Captain Scurvy for sending in voicemails. And even though that particular voicemail didn't actually play, 
Um, we wanted to get your stuff out there, so I wanted to read and get the questions. Thank you very much. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, um, you know what? Let's talk a little Holy Havoc. Let's talk about some gaming and talk about some fun stuff. And then when we're done with that, we'll probably wind up taking one more break and then jumping into all the stuff. Man, five books in a, a, about a month, a little over a month's time, five books drop. Ding, ding. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Not to mention the models and the cool stuff for all the other side games. And that there's that other, you know, that, that 40K game that they make. There's stuff coming out for that, too. It's crazy how much is running out. So break and then back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back talking about the results of Holy Havoc yeah. and the experience of fantastic narrative gaming. Was it fantastic? Did you have a fantastic time? I did not get to go because it was Dad's weekend at uh, U of I, and I was down with Barnett and Harrison playing uh, board games and card games. Yeah, no, uh, Havoc was amazing, as per usual. Um I think the biggest issue is that uh, John and I brought lists that were a little too much. Meaning? Um, I took nothing but eels. Okay, 1,000 points of eels. Pretty much. Um, I took a couple units of thralls and a few other things. And then John brought um, 1,500 points of snakes for Daughters of Cain. 1500 you can bring up to 1500 points but you only play with a thousand okay oh so you could pick and put out oh so mm-hmm. you can choose you just got to make sure you stay under a thousand with what you deploy a thousand or under yes so oh so this is like old school like when we were playing with pools yes i, I miss the pools i really do mm-hmm I like strolling up to the table and getting and uh, you know getting to decide exactly which tricks you're going to pull out depending on what you're seeing come across on the other side. Yeah. 
So that's what we did. Now, John played with almost the exact same list every game, uh, except for game five. We changed it up because the scenario demanded it. Okay. Um, And then my list was pretty much some variety of full or half orders of Morsar guards or Ishilian guards. Um, I didn't take any other characters in my army besides the Warlord of Havoc that you get for free. Uh, So I wasn't like plus three to charge or anything. I wasn't ambushing. And because the Warlord has to be your general, you can't take a Tidecaster to flip the Tide. Oh, okay. Yeah. um, Regardless, but I took nothing but noodles because our whole team was Danger Noodles and Company. uh, The second course, because like, I don't know if you've seen the memes of like, where it's got a Danger picture of a snake noodles. and it's called a Danger Noodle. Uh, no, in fact, you were calling them noodles. And I'm like, oh, yeah, long and thin. Noodles, Danger Noodles and Company. That's what you called your team? Danger Noodles yeah, and Company? this is Danger Noodles and Company 2, the second course. Oh, dear Lord. Um, so last year when John and I did it, keep in mind, last year we brought almost the exact same thing and we got best sports. Um, but in a year's time, the two of us have gotten much better playing our armies. <laughs> uh, so it has changed things dramatically. Um, and last year we gave out uh, containers from noodles and company with gummy worms in it to be noodles. And then because I was playing with three Alapexes at the time, there was like little gummy sharks on top of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of our opponents got a little container full of gummy worms and gummy sharks. So it kind of nice helped out. This year, we went with Twizzlers Pull and Peel. Um, so we hand-pulled a couple oh, of Pull and Peels okay. into a Noodles Company container. And then we put Gobstoppers on top of it uh, to be like the meatballs. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yuck. Yeah, I know. Hey, I'm not hey. a fan of Gobstoppers, but Twizzlers Pump Peel is amazing. <laughs> Here we are handing out entire little containers of diabetes. Here you go, folks. If you can't beat them, just make them into Wilford Brimley. There you go. Oh, no, we we did good. Um, John and I dropped three points all weekend oh, um, out of a possible 30. And by points-wise, I believe we came in third. Um, out of, I think, 30 teams. Wait, you dropped three so. points all weekend? You came in third? Yeah. Uh, Jake Lequier and Joe Pecoraro, who won, they only lost one. They were one point off of Max. We were three points off of Max. Gee whiz. Yeah. That's a tight That's a tight bit of tournamenting there right there. Yeah. Um, but the big thing with how... Havoc does it is that you get to uh, pick the table that you play on every round. You get to pick who you play based on that table. He allowed grudges every round if you wanted to grudge people. Cool. Uh, So game one, John and I played uh, Bryce Scholes and Ty Toverson. I can never say his last name. Uh, Fat Kid Sports on Twitter uh, (laughs) from the Playing and Slaying show. And they did Stormcast and Deepkin, um, but it was all like a sacrosanct chamber, so it was really small model count-wise. And then Bryce had a 
elite but cool looking deepkin army and i asked him it's like how spicy do you want your order and he said extra spicy so he got 15 more sargard and that was probably a mistake on my end um so yeah no uh that was good and then game two we played we play game two. Oh yeah we played uh Patrick Brindleson and Walter Duncan from the Lords of War crew. They Good were guys. doing Ham Life was their team name. It was all Savage Orcs on pigs and then Iron Jaws on pigs plus a cabbage. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it was just all mounted, um just a lot of dudes. Um and he was playing with the Drakfoot uh Savage Orc clan. So that was the ignore you uh, extra save and daughters of Cain have that extra save built into them. But because of where we deployed, John had to go into that. So he didn't get his cane save after the fact. Hmm. So, but that was a good game. Uh, we played that one on the SoTech table, which is like lustria sort of stuff. Um, and then game three played, um, I can't remember the team name, but it was Dominic Reitman from Indianapolis and his buddy Brandon, who was at his first event. Um, and they actually won like the Paragons of Havoc. So it's like the guys that embrace the narrative the most. And they were doing Sylvaneth and Seraphon. And Dominic's warlord, like if like he grew up essentially from a nut into like this full uh pink awesome looking hops monster okay to like heal the slot and he found i think it's called like caption or caption this it's an app and essentially you get to put in pictures and do like comic books with your own pictures so what he did is every game he took pictures and then created an ongoing narrative in comic strip form and displayed it as they progressed nice yeah no it was absolutely amazing um it was probably the coolest part because i checked it every game after the fact just to see like what they were up to so that's really neat yeah no and his warlord grew up from like a little acorn to this full-on hops monster and it was bright pink and it was amazing um game four we played against uh the absolutely dashing Chuck Moore and his buddy Matt uh, came out and they did Daughters of Cain and Carriage on Overlords. Mm -hmm. And that was a fun game. I never played Chuck, but obviously he's been around the circuit a bunch. Um, and that was a good fun game. And I'm trying to think. Oh, like, cause their ongoing narrative, like his whole daughter's army is based off of taylor swift um yes it is tayrathy yes tayrathy he and he did bring the dress um he dressed yep. up as her on day one yep hey man if you gotta do if you're gonna do it you gotta do it um but he was also no, a heel, so he, mad props to him no he he is fully invested and dedicated in that that thing uh i've still I mean, I've known him now for several years, and I, I've, he's just a huge Taylor Swift fan, and God bless him, each to his own. I'm, uh, 
yeah, go for it. It's it's just wow. Yeah, but no. Um, so like the whole thing in their last game is they played on the cane table, and pretty much Chuck just abandoned his partner just so he could get Rathy up on the shrine of Cain. Of course. And just said, you know what? Do whatever. You die. I don't care. I'm going to do this just so I can get these cool glamour shots of me on the shrine of Cain. So then in recompense, this game, he let his partner, Matt, direct kind of like their tactical stuff. Um, And this game, we have the – it's the Miley Cyrus table. So like there's this monolith in the middle of the table that moves – and each team controls it during their hero phase, and they move at a random distance. Whenever it moves over, it takes damage that you can't mitigate. Well, <laughs> Matt got control of it turn one, and he's like, okay, so we're going to send it this way, right into Terathi. And Chuck looked at him and was like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, it's going <laughs> over there. Um, so then did a couple of wounds. Terathi's like, almost dead at this point. And then John and I got the turn back and it's like, let's just go backwards with it and killed his warlord before she really had the chance to move. Oh, jeez! Um, and that was like, and Chuck was even like, he's kind of like floored. It's like, you just killed Tayrathi, but I had it coming. So I guess this is okay. Yep. It's okay. Um, <laughs> And then game five, we played on the Azir table, um, what used to be the Azir table. So it's um, flat ground and then like floating islands with bridges and a whole bunch of buildings on top of these islands. Um, and we were playing up against 70 Hearthguard Berserkers. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was two Fire Slayers players. Um using essentially one guy's army, um, but split between two. So their list was pretty much identical because the only thing they matched was each one of them had a battlesmith. They had two different support characters, and then it was 30 Hearthguard Berserkers with the crazy pole axes in one blob, and then a five-man team of Hearthguard Berserkers with the pole axes. Wow. Yeah. So... What we ended up doing is because John was playing Calibron, which of the Daughters of Cain Temples, that's the one that lets you just pick up units and teleport them anywhere. So right. all John and I did is we kind of hung around on the islands upstairs where they couldn't really move to because they're slow. <laughs> and essentially what we did is we got our main objective, which was to spring uh two units out of like prison essentially f- with canaries dropping in. So we got that objective right away. And then in, the rest of it was to hold the shrine on the center Island and I'm doing all noodles. So all my stuff flies. So I'm just skipping around and John's moving all of his stuff up the different levels. And we kind of held off the crazy dwarven advance through, uh, these bridges so it was like the complete 300 effect <laughs> okay it's like we would block off the one end of the staircase this way they couldn't get more than two guys across no that makes sense you're bottlenecking yeah. them yeah um and it just looked really cool you see these lines of fire slayers moving across these islands up these stairs 
and we're just like trying to desperately hold them back. So no, it was really cool to see. Uh, the game itself was not amazing just because we were playing more hide and seek than age of Sigmar, <laughs> but we had to do it. There's no way like even full strength that eels can go into 60 hearth garden live. It's just not going to happen. Well, that's true. So yeah, it's just, it's too many wounds. That's 120 wounds with a crazy save. Well, two crazy saves. So it just, it wasn't going to happen. And you know, you feel bad running away, but it's like, that's all we have in this equation is speed. So that's all we can do. Right. So, uh, but no, so we finished third points wise. Um, and we just had a good time, which is really what all John and I were trying to do. Uh, we just went a little too far. Gotcha. I think I went the furthest, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it was really just, it's what I was wanting to play and it worked. So we had fun, and we're just going to kind of take it from there. John and I did it last year. We're going to keep going every year that we can. Um, and next year they will have a new venue. They just announced that they're going to a different hotel um, because of cockamamie reasons that I'm not going to get into. Um, but Steve is already working on tables for Holy Wars. He's already got plans for Holy Havoc for next year for new tables. Um just the man's a machine. Um, yes, he is. He's cranking yeah. it out, and it all looks gorgeous. I will say yeah. this. Um, whether you love or hate how much the tables actually interact with your games, there's something else to play on. It is just something else. It gets really cuckoo with the Cocoa Puffs um, when you start seeing all the things you can do on those tables. Yeah. And I think the big thing is it just it creates these wonderful cinematic moments with all the crazy terrain like we were talking about earlier. Um, it really adds that immersive element with what he does. Um, so, I mean, like, the rules pack is great. It's not perfect. But for a narrative event, you need to have some flex. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it is it's very narrative. It, it, it is, uh, which is a nice break. You know, and he and him, with him doing it twice a year between this and uh, between Havoc and Holy Wars, um, they can be a nice palate cleanser between all the competitive stuff we normally. Tend I mean, to it's play. still competitive. Like, oh, sure, it is definite filth stuff. But oh yeah, like like some guy who takes a thousand points of eels. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Um, but with the system of how he does it with the pairings, where it's you play who you want, um, you can choose your own level of shenaniganry shenaniganry mm -hmm. I like that I'm writing yeah. that one down Shenan there's always something ha there's always shenaniganry happen no it's not gonna work okay no it doesn't work it's too big yeah um, but no it was awesome uh, I've been kind of in a funk with gaming for the last couple of weeks prior to Havoc so I was like man I don't know but the big thing is just you get back involved, you hang out and play games with this community. Uh, it really gets you back in because it's the people more than anything. 
and just having that experience. So that helped quite a bit for me. Yeah, absolutely. And then I played two games of Warcry Friday night. Uh, I played against uh, Jake Lequier from the uh, Detroit crew doing a demo game of My Unmade versus uh, somebody else's Untamed Beast. And I had my blissful one that's the leader with the blade legs um she came in turn two and i had a quad and she's movement eight uh so she comes in on the table edge and she's got to catch up to the rest of jake's crew which is sprinting for the opposite edge and i do a rampage so that's the move and an attack action off of a building in a jump so it's like she goes from one end up the staircase, jumps across the board, lands, and then goes in and starts cutting people apart. Cool. It's just an awesome cinematic moment. And yep. then uh, the second game I played against was Nick True, uh, and he was using Flush Eater Quartz. And he just came in and he cleaned the Blissful One's clock um, <laughs> with a flayer leader um i forget what they're called um but in any event so he came in cleaned the clock of the blissful one so i'm like okay so i'm down my best fighter how do i win the scenario okay i gotta kill those two guys unfortunately one of them was a crypt horror so i'm not gonna kill him mm, yeah they're rough like, how do i win the scenario oh if they're within four inches of the edge at the end of a turn after they come on they're considered dead it's like Okay, so I just got to keep him to the outside. And I was able to essentially tree this crypt horror up on top of a building. And then the unmade have an ability called uh, Dreadful Visage where they lift their mask up and show you what's underneath. And just essentially scare you to the point (laughs) that you can't move. Yeah. So I kept him essentially treed. And because he was within four inches at the end of the turn, he died. So it's, again, paying attention to how you can win the game. Very cool. Very so. cool. Yeah, so no, cool. if you can make Holy Havoc or Holy Wars, I know they're small events and they're going to stay that way. But if you can get in, you should go. It is a completely unique experience and, you know, big round of applause for Steve, for Jason, uh, for Tim, Tanya, and the rest of the crew that puts that event on. No, it's 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 it, it's well run, and it's and it, that everything looks amazing when you go. It's really nice. So, who won? Uh, Jake Lequier and Joe Pecoraro. That's right. Uh, they're playing Beasts of Chaos and Legion of Asgore. So, Beasts and Chaos Dwarves. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it. It's I I I stick to my guns and my belief that those two armies are better than people give them credit for. Yeah, and Joe was playing the beasts, but he wasn't playing with like a lot of Zangor enlightened. It was just a lot of dudes, um, and they're fast enough that they can play the objective game. Jake can kind of sit in the center and gun stuff up with the Legion Asgore while the herdstone spreads out and inflicts the debuff. So 
as people are walking into Jake's stuff, they're getting hit with that debuff, so their armor save is worse to then get shot to pieces um, as Joe's stuff is running around claiming objectives. So, no, they did an absolutely wonderful job. And for two, quote, substandard armies to do that well, even in a narrative environment, it's like you can do things with sure. different um, and unique armies. Now, I believe Rotor and Fenske got best painted. They did with uh, Karajans and Stormcast. Yep. Very and nice job. There was like there was a lot of competition for the painting um, because Havoc is a narrative and a hobby event. So it's like you get guys like Vince Ventrella, Tom Lyons, um, they did Nighthaunt and Slanesh, and it was just – it's not fair. <laughs> um, Tom's stuff was like pseudo-Sylvaneth, Nighthaunt, Haunted Forest type effect. And then Vince – Well, Vince is Vince. Vince is Vince. It was that his Slanesh stuff? Because he he's been posting pictures of that all the time. Yeah, that's it was like, his Slanesh this time. Yeah, that's crap. Um, that that's crap you're putting up for Crystal Blush and Golden Demon Awards. Like that's what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, yeah. And every piece is gorgeous. Yeah. I have I, I haven't I've seen his stuff uh, not in person but online. But I've seen Rotors and Fensky stuff too. I know their stuff is great, and it's nice to see them. Nice to see friends winning some hardware. Uh, was there anyone else who got any awards that we want to mention that you can think of? Because I, I, I was, I was hundreds of miles away. At yeah, college. best sports was a literal coin flip between Sean Troy and Stephen Thompson, and then Domus and Tom McClure. <laughs> oh wait, like Domus and McClure were up for best sports? No way. I know they tied on sports, so they literally had to do a coin flip because there was no other tiebreaker. Um, but kudos to those four guys. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else best. I don't remember. Well, you didn't run it, so I'm not expecting you to. I was just just curious. So you, but you did have a great time, and you would recommend it to other people. Yeah, and I'm going to Holy Wars next February, and John and I on our traditional drive back from Holy Havoc. It's like, okay, what can we do for 2020? Already so planning. We, yeah. And, I mean, admittedly, John and I are not the best hobbyists, but we at least want to get a plan. And sure. So, so we can start working on it. So. Sure. All right. Well, congrats to uh, you guys for doing so well, and, and congrats to Herner for once again running a heck of a show. And apparently... Amongst uh, while running that whole thing, he was still getting hobby done because he's still posting his hobby streaks, and it's just the numbers just keep getting bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that that terrain, and now he's doing some sort of water soaked or some, you know, something got water running through it. He's been putting a clear. I've been looking at his Twitter. He's been posting up on Twitter today. The oh yeah, the clear acrylic on the lava table. Yeah, just. It's going to look so good. Like, the stuff that he's doing is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know what? Instead of taking a break, because we only took one, like, 25 minutes ago, why don't we start talking about our what, whatever, if, I guess you can call this a main topic, more like the the final mini topic, uh, but after the, you know, the long-haul form toolbox and 
that stuff. Um, as we call as the episode, the floodgates are open. Five books and a whole bunch of other stuff. Five books just for Age of Sigmar in the last like two months, two and a half months of the year. All this stuff coming out. Um, so let's let's talk about that, huh? Uh, yeah. We got Oryx and Cities of Sigmar. Then a few weeks later, we got Ogres and uh, Bone Reapers just drop. And as that's going up for pre-order, they're like, oh, by the way, uh, Slaves of Darkness coming out. like, And that's going to be, well, I mean, unless they put the pre-order up like next week or something like that, they're not going to put it up Thanksgiving weekend. They did have AOS drop on the 4th of July. so That's right. It was 4th of July weekend and... and uh, I don't. I guess I just don't see it dropping Thanksgiving weekend. If it does, it does. Uh, but if not, then that that drops us into December. Which normally you don't see new stuff dropping in December, do you? I mean, other than like late November, early December, big army boxes when they want like here buy you know buy this stuff from buy all our play sets and toys uh, right around Christmas time. I mean, they're doing that too. But. Yeah. But so this is all coming out. Now, okay, let's start with what's already come out, okay? Um, we've got some pretty great uh, books coming out. But first you get, uh, let's talk a little Oryx and Ogres. Um, you mean Cities? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Cities came out too. City, I guess Cities is kind of in the same boat. You get Oryx and Cities drop. And there's no new models, right? Nope. No endless spells for either of them. Am I correct? And no, correct. no new terrain either. Nope. Which, based off of what everybody else is getting, um, you know, there was there was a little there were some people who were a little annoyed. Uh, I know, even like you know, um, just. I, I kind of expected a terrain piece, whether it's some sort of thing for Sigmar, or and I know the whole the whole orc book is that they tear everything else down. But an effigy for Gorka Morka would have been cool, you know. Um, you know, you can't have a rogue idol because you already got a rogue idol. But I just thought you'd get something. Um. And I know people were a little disappointed with that, and I'm not trying to be negative, but I think I'm, we're going to hit the. Uh, we're going to hit the stuff that uh, we we were surprised at was the the I guess the low points. We're going to hit the low points first, so that we can end on a big positive note on all the cool stuff. But uh, orcs and uh, and them, as far as that goes, just not a lot of new stuff for them. Um, although the books are pretty good, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, well, I mean, cities they change fundamentally how the basic endless spells work. So that helps quite a bit. Meaning? Uh, so if you're not familiar with it, whenever uh, a spell, an endless spell is cast, like one of the basic ones, if they're empowered by a realm, then they automatically count as being empowered regardless of the realm they're in. Oh, really? Like I haven't gone through all of that stuff in the book. Yeah. Oh, so like when we were playing yesterday, like we rolled up Shyish and I had some... Stuff so like my grave tide moved twelve instead of eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. So when you're playing in cities, if like it would just automatically be twelve because it's got the option for it. 
Yeah, it, if it's got the empowered by a realm rule, then it automatically is counting as empowered when you play Cities of Sigmar. Oh, so your ar- so your Cities of Sigmar army gets that bonus. Mm-hmm. Nice. So whatever you... P- okay, that's cool. That's a nice little bonus. Yeah, so they didn't get a new endless spell no. set, but they fundamentally changed how the basic ones are played with. Cool. I didn't realize that they could do that. But there's so much in that book, I don't realize what a lot of what they can do. I haven't been paying that much attention. Yeah, it's a big, heavy book. Yeah, and and the thing is, before I could get to it, suddenly the Ogre's book and the uh, OBE book is dropping. OBE? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, OBR. That's a typo. OBR. Yeah. That's a typo. I, I, I make typos. It happens. I'm not perfect. Oh, I wrote that several times, too. Dear yeah, Lord. you did. You know what I think? I think when I was typing OBR, it might have autocorrected on me or something like that, because that's just weird. But uh, no, the, the, no, the, orc, uh, the ogres did get a maw pot. And if yeah, you get, they got the train feature. Yeah, and if you get the box set, you get the tyrant. Right now, he's only in the box set. But they fell into that same... That same area. This is a little like, you know, people like, oh, we didn't get anything new. They just kind of combined our stuff together. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Although I would say if anyone, if I heard if I heard any uh, a more consistent complaint, it would be with Cities of Sigmar. Because even though that book is great, boy, did they go through the remaining armies. And, and they pruned that tree hard core uh they they took they took the empire the dwarfs and the three flavors of elves and i'm using all their old terms because these are all the old armies so now it's you know still you know the the what do they call empire now the free guild the free guild dispossessed and the different flavors of elves um and they they those lists got cut because there's a lot of overlap between the three in um, just basic battlefield roles. Mm-hmm. And since you're combining them down into one group, you don't need as much overlap. So that got cut hard. Like Harrison was like, oh, cool. Look, I can play my high elves. I'm like, well, you can play your Phoenix card. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's about it, buddy. The ones you didn't want to paint. So I think it's one of those that you just need to be realistic mm-hmm. um, and flexible with some armies. Like, what's the difference between a High Elf Spearman and a Darkling Coven Spearman or an Eternal Guard Spearman? Well, in the new rules, basically nothing. And that's why they did it. Like, we all, I, I think everyone understands why they did it. You don't need all the overlap. No, people don't understand why they did it. Oh, I mean, it makes sense what they did because when you think about it, how many different elves with spears do you need? Um, right. But it's still like I lost my models. Anytime you lose your models, it's it's annoying. I get that. I mean, I totally do. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was severely pared down. Now, the nice thing was we looked through and I'm like, well, look, I'm like, I said to Barnett, I said, because he used to love executioners and now they're kind of good. Um, 
And I'm like, check it out, Barnett. Like, almost all your Dark Elf stuff made it. Like, of the three armies, when you went to something that they all had in common, they seemed to keep the Dark Elf stuff. Um, you've got some Wood Elf uh, stuff, a little High Elf stuff. Uh, it's all the new Wood Elf stuff, so stuff I don't really have for it. But you go through, I have some Empire stuff. I've got a bunch of Dispossessed stuff. We've got his Dark Elf stuff. We've got Harrison's. Uh, high, I'm like, between the three of us, and since I'm the only one between the three of us who plays consistently anymore, I'm like, we could totally field an army for this. It would be a, 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 it would be a total soup, you know? But you can do it, like... You know, it's it's it, it. We were interested at least when we saw what you could do, but uh, to see that stuff pared down, I will say this: Harrison was uh, more reasonable than most of the people on the internet were when this was announced, um, because his big reaction was seriously. There's like four high elf models left. I'm like, yep. He's like, then what is Techless and Tyrion going to field when their army comes out? And I said. Well, not this. And he was like, oh, all new army. And I said, there you go, son. That's what he's like. He's like, okay, I know what I'm going to He goes, when that army comes out, let me know, dad. We'll invest in that, and then I'll start playing again. Because he's, you know him. The kid grew up, you know, he loves Techless and Tyrion. So whatever army they lead, he's like, that's the army I'm going to play. So when that comes out, that's when you can expect me to come back. So... But I understand why people were a little upset. So, um, what else? Okay, uh, we got the Asiarch Bone Reapers book and army comes out. And if we're talking now, like I said, we're talking about the 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 stuff that we're not as keen with first. Um, before we get into the stuff that we love. Uh, spoilers, I do love this book. Yeah, the book's amazing. The rules are great. It's, it's clever. It's unique. It's different. Um, it's, it's, it is not like the Tomb Kings per se. Um, it's actually more like the original, the old school Tomb Kings, where you go back to the ones before they got their new book when you had to do everything kind of in a certain order and you had certain set things and they did stuff very differently than the rest of the armies. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a bit of that feel from it. But that we're going to save that book's talk for later and for the uh, highlights. Um, I did express, I think, on the last episode that I am... Uh, I'm not a fan of these models. What I've been playing now for... This is my 15th year, I think, playing... Um, this is the first time in all that time that I've been playing that Games Workshop has put out an army that I didn't like at all. Um, so on, on the positive side, that's a pretty darn good track record, uh, considering 40K, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, um, Warhammer Fantasy slash Age of Sigmar. This is the first time, and, I, and I've seen other people, stuff has come out, and they're just like, nope, nope, not for me. I got to say, nope, nope, not for me. Now, because I am such an overwhelmingly positive person, and this is a generally positive show, I do uh, want to throw out there, if you love them, 
and you don't want to hear anything negative about him, jump ahead like 20 minutes in the show. Um, but just because I'm not excited about him doesn't mean you shouldn't be. Like, I'm not trying to argue with you or tell you you shouldn't like them. In fact, if you like them, buy them. Buy them all. Buy extra. Buy thousands of points worth. But for me, we are, uh, I don't get it. I do not get the choices in this army. And I don't want to insult those guys who sculpted it. Not like they listen. But the people who design these models, like, this is way better than anything I could ever do. Like, don't take, don't get me wrong. I am not armchair quarterbacking. I don't know anything about this type of stuff. These are not the, it's like, I don't. (sighs) Okay. First of all, what's with the faces? The heads are, I don't get the heads. The head is the problem. The, that is the main problem. That is not the only problem. But these faces. No, no. Okay, so for the bulk of the army, the head is the problem. Okay. I'll, okay, we'll start with that. Yes. Okay. And it's partially because it is a more detailed skull with eyes and a massive crack running down its forehead. And the weird expression. Like, they just. they it. It seem. I mean, and I, I, I haven't read enough into the lore on this because I've been doing those other things to see. Can their faces change? Like, do they actually have facial expressions? Do they move, or are they like every the only other ones that have different facial expressions are the uh, stalkers, the things, the four arms and two blades, or four <sighs> blades, or whatever. Yeah. Because their head literally spins. Yeah, like the Quintessons from the Transformers movie, the cartoon one. Yes. That is exactly what it is. Um, no, those they have a set face because they are like a statue golem sort of thing. Right. So their face is their face. So, so then what's up? Did they actually just change the skull into a... Did they actually craft facial expressions, permanent facial expressions on these guys? It just seems weird to me. Um, yeah. Plus all the little... Now, okay. All the little bone bits sticking out. That part, and that's an aesthetic choice, and it's like you could love that or hate it. That's not a big deal. But we got to talk about these chubby skeletons. Okay. What's wrong with the thick boys? Uh, no. Okay, it, okay. this is what's wrong with it. You took what seems to be skeletons, and and, and, and once again, don't know enough of the lore. If I'm totally talking and I'm, and I'm countering what the lore says, then I apologize, and when we get to cover this book, I will recant... At least I would, but it seems like they're crafting bone armor over bone, which does not leave you for a large variety in color. And you're expecting thin bones. Like we used to have fat skeletons in Warhammer, and then they made good skeletons, and now they're like, oh, let's make fat skeletons again because they put on all this bone armor over bone. But there's no differentiating between what's under the armor and then the bone the thick bone armor so it just looks weird fat skeletons look a little odd um plus then you got weird fat skeleton armor and then you put regular armor over the fat skeleton armor because do we need fat skeleton armor and by the way four arms four swords fine four arms two swords fine if the swords are high and low not left and right Two left arms, two right arms. That's not how you swing a sword to get extra extra mo- movement. That bugs me. 
I'm just uh, ugh. I don't like the characters. Uh, I, I I I promised myself I wouldn't bag on this, but now that I now that I've opened the floodgates, let's let this out. Uh, the Mortis and Soul Reaper, Tree Face Deepkin, uh, because you got a tree face. And he's got that scythe. Then I see when you look close, it's got the soul, and it's getting sucked into a bottle, which reminds you of what the Deepkin do. And then we got Crazy Fingerhead, the Mortis and Bone Shaper, dude. Seriously, this one I thought was cool. Don't mind the fat arms. He's got the cool cloak. the 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 skeleton that's being constructed in front of him. I love this. Like, I might love this guy. Wait a minute. Why do you have fingers growing out of your skull? And why do you have finger shoulder pads? Like, I get it. You're finger crafting. You're crafting the bone thing. You don't. I mean, come on. This is this is seriously, this is like He-Man character silliness here. This is like G.I. Joe after about the 10th wave of models where you can't come up with a new character because you've run through every possible thing you could do in the army. So you're like, let's have a guy in a Hawaiian shirt. You know, like, wait, what? That doesn't fit. I don't get crazy fingerhead. And then the soul mason, he's walking on this table. He's got the weird, crazy fat leg thing going on again. And he looks like Jeff Dunham's uh, uh, puppet. This is Ahmed right here. That's what I call this guy. Because he looks like Ahmed from with a hat. Instead of the turban, he's got Nagash's hat. But he's still on that little table there. It looks like if you tip a funny, his legs will fall off. I'm just, ugh. And, hey, once again, I'm not trying to insult your army. If you like it and you want to paint it, I do kind of like the cavalry. I don't like the turkey. The giant turkey with the face and the arms picking the stuff up. The are harvester. He looks, oh, come on. He's got this huge, huge, you know when you're a little kid and you're in, in your, like, grade school and they teach you to make apple turkeys, like when you're doing arts and crafts, and you got two little toothpick legs and a big apple body, and then you put on some feathers. That's this thing, except he's got fat legs. They're fat, but they're short, and then he's got the weird crotch body grabbing stuff and throwing it up inside him. He looks like a turkey with a weird head. I just, uh, uh, oh, and then the crawler. Don't get me started on the crawler with more fat legs walking him around and all the fat guys with the fat legs. They all look like they got the thick pants and the stuff. I just, I'm not, ugh. And then dude, there's dude in the in the little, in the gear thing walking. He, he looks like me. That's me. If you took off my skin, that's me walking in the treadmill thing there. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And the worst part about it is, you know, they sent me this, and I built them, and I still, I'm like, maybe if I see them up close, I'll like them. They're not as bad as the pictures up close. They're smaller, so some of these weird details that I don't like, you don't see as well. But I am in such a dilemma. I love every death army, and I love the rules for this army. But for the love of Pete, oh, this is just, for me, I may very well be in the minority here. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or insult anybody. Uh, if you love it, God bless you. Um, it's just, um, you know, I looked, I was so jazzed for this. And then I was like, mm, God, well, I'm going to keep painting my night haunt because this is not drawing me away at all. And then I read the rules and now I'm really angry because they wrote the great, if these models were awesome, I'd be tempted to – I have to kick in the one-month rule that I have on new stuff, the new awesome stuff, um, because I'd probably drop my night haunt and pick this up and start doing it. That's how much I like the book. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I totally ran. Was there? Did I miss anything? Was there anything you didn't like that I that I glossed over or anything? Because I feel like I feel like I'm gonna get a email. Someone telling me off. Probably. Um, so I think so. My perspective was different coming into it because I got to play with the rules prior to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, we don't see the models, and we just look right at the rules and playing it and trying it it was like okay this is gonna be my death army and everything was gonna be great this plays exactly what i want i know what i'm gonna do it's all gonna be good models come out catacross is amazing mumra oh god the second I saw him, I said that. Like, I didn't see anybody else say it. I'm not taking credit for that. He looks like Mumra. Actually, though, I will say this. I got to back up. You're right. Catacross, that diorama of a model with all of his helpers and stuff, even the weird-looking ones. Woo! Uh, no, no, I like that one a lot. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'll let, you, I'll let you finish. So you have arguably one of the best models that they've released in a very long time. Um. Then the rest of the army around him just doesn't live up. (laughs) Which is unfortunate. Now, part of it is I think the paint scheme that GW selected um, very much like the initial issue that I had with Mornfang and the Stonehorn Thundertusk thing. um, I don't think it's the right paint scheme for them. Yeah. I don't think it shows them in the correct light because it just looks kind of bleh. Um, yeah, I, so, didn't, I didn't like Mornfang when I saw them either, but then when I saw them up close and, and just hard plastic without the paint, I did like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this for me is this is not a Mornfang moment for me. I was hoping it was a Mornfang moment. This for me is more of a help it abomination moment. Like, what mm. the hell is that? That looks ridiculous. And then you get the real model and you're like, nope, I was right. Now, I have seen conversions done where they take extra skeleton heads, like just bare skeleton heads, uh-huh. and replace them from the Mortec Guard and everything like that. They have the weird constructed head, and it looks great. Really? Yes. So if I get rid of these – well, I already built these. But if I were to go ahead and do this, and I just took all my extra skeleton heads – from all these boxes of skeletons that I have, you think it, it, it would improve it that much? Yes. Hmm. I really think so because the biggest thing with this army that gets me is that it's not scary. No, this is, you know what this is? This is like Army of Darkness skeletons. Mm hmm. And I mean, at, at at worst, I want a Skeletor. Because it's a basic skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have an aesthetic that we're not used to seeing, which is this um, modified skull thing that's clearly fashioned in a weird and mildly unpleasant manner. <laughs> um, but they're not scary. And every other death faction that has come out whether that's Feck, whether that's Night Haunt or Legions, there's some aspect of fear, terror, that sort of stuff. These guys just aren't scary looking. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're Saturday morning cartoony. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, 
and these guys should be like they're not Nagash's terror troop because that's the night haunt, and then the feck is just feck. Um, but these are like the empire builders and everything like that for death. So these are his greatest warriors. They're like self-aware. They're not automatons. These guys are like every one of them is a force to be reckoned with. Like ages, I'm like, oh, these guys should be so awesome. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's really, you replace the head. Uh, the models themselves are very busy, um, aesthetic wise, because they do take bits and bobs from all sorts of different ancient civilizations. And that's some cool stuff too, depending on what bones they build them with. It's almost like the, uh, the orcs, the, um, the, the The bone splitters, the bone splitters, how they, they, they get the power from the bones and the. I mean, it's almost like it's got its, uh, you know, memories and stuff in the DNA and the powers inside that in the bone bits. Uh, and I did hear someone say, oh, you could really go and you could you could really go with that idea and paint the different parts of bones different colors, like go with different shades of bone because they came from different animals or different places or they've been outside of the body for different times. And I'm like, nah, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, I'm, if I'm painting this, it's getting skeleton bone. That's it. You just got bones is bones is bones. So the other big thing is that this is not a traditional death army. Is that it's not a horde. That is um, true. Although you can put a lot of those little Mortec guard together, couldn't you? You can, but, but that's not the point of this army. It's not the point of this army. It's a smaller. It's more elite, and I don't know. It just. It was too much for me going on at once. Um, the Death Riders are probably the best unit in the army they, outside of Catacross. They are battle line. Well, they are battle line, but just the models wise because they have the samurai helmets. And it covers up most of that awful face. But even the samurai helmets, it's like that's just that extra bony part sticking out. And then the one guy's got a that's, giant triangle. That's fine. I mean, it can be. Uh, it's it's that. Uh, I, I would I would prefer to not have that. Like uh, you can still do the cool armor and the cool bone without just all these stick out. I don't get the point of it. Like I don't see how that benefits them at all. Um, that's just because they don't have either, it. On the... But if it's supposed to be a stylized construct yeah. based off of the Morgast kit, as well as the Mortark traditional kit, the Archon kit. Yeah, that's what I thought, though. The Morgasts and those, they don't have all that sticky bone bits. But if you look at their armor bits, it has that same, like, exoskeleton-type feel. The more Tarks have, to some degree, the sticky bone bits, but not that much. Not really. I mean, they got that they got armor ratcheted bit. up is uh, the yeah. issue. It got yeah. put up too far and should have been ratcheted down a little bit. And I really think an it, alternative paint scheme would do wonders for this army i think if you like this you're gonna there i don't even think there's a lukewarm i think if you like this army you're gonna love this army because what it does it is doing in spades on every model i will give Mm -hmm. it that i personally think the real issue to this army is the harvester as like a single model (laughs) um gobble 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 I don't I can't process how much that model upsets me. <laughs> um, 
of all of them, like each one of them has like little things that set me off, but that thing, it just, I think the other big thing is like every list I was writing when we were doing testing, I had two of them in there. Oh yeah. Cause they're and great. I, they're great. Um, but also it's like they help heal your army. Yeah. They do all sorts of different things. No, exactly. And they're great. They do everything. They, yeah. And then you have like the one big model that I was looking forward to and it's the worst in the bunch. Gobble, gobble, um, gobble. All right. Those, and they'll come on. Those, I mean, even the fat legs are tiny little legs. Do you know what this is like? This is like the, this is a worst case scenario of a warjack from War Machine. It's got little tiny legs holding up that big ass body. And it's throw. It's just, oh, and then the crotch head because it's down there picking up the bones and throwing them in. So what it does is that it picks up the pieces and then it reaches back to other arms. Oh, the- go up a conveyor belt, essentially, of arms on its sides. Oh, I see them now in the picture. Yeah. Um. So the and then they have like this pseudo cartoony moment where one of them is where one of the arms is trying to hand off a Stormcast helmet and the other hand is like, no. Oh, yeah. You got the – it's it's literally – yeah, it's giving him the hand. Yeah. Um, (sighs) I – it's just – okay. Okay. Well, you know, I feel – you know, there's enough negativity around. There's enough people complaining about everything. But it's the – it's – well, like I said, I mean, how many armies have they released since 2000 and – Three, two thousand four. Yes. I've liked they them all a lot. I've, and- yeah, I've liked them all. I mean, not every model. You know, every every you know, you can be hit or miss on certain models in an army. But this is the first time it came out, and I just looked at the whole thing. Was like pass. I think with a different paint scheme, it would be much better. Um, I've seen a lot of people do black and bone, um, which I think is probably a good call for these guys to help minimize the chunkiness um or the the glowing on the inside because they're gonna explode yeah the i forget the crematorians right um or if you painted them like as a concept army like if it was just like statue uh masonry or terracotta i think would look great along with the head swap the head like swap can, is the number one. Yeah, yeah, and then finding a different model to use for the harvester, um, and and crazy fingerhead. I, God, I like, but I like the other parts. I just think I'm keeping the finger parts off the off his head and off his shoulders. If we can find a way to do something else, because I love yeah. the when that 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 the, the the wispy ghost parts coming off and holding up this partially assembled. It looks like it's like the six million dollar man. He's missing one arm and one leg still. If he's blind in one eye, he's the six million dollar skeleton. And it's like, God, that's so cool. Actually, I give give him credit for that. That's pretty cool. In fact, all of those guys with the little ghosty parts coming off of them. Ahmed's got the little ghost coming out around him. Um, all the little spirit parts coming off look great, and the little building parts look great. Uh, we, uh, were we done doing this? Because I want to be positive again. I'm, I feel uncomfortable doing this. So Okay, so let's try this. The rules are amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Here, let's do this. Uh, oh, boy, we're hitting two hours. Let's do this. Let's take a break. 
and then come back, and then we'll talk about all the good stuff that's that we like because that was sort of the stuff that came out that we were like, meh. But there's a lot of good coming, and we'll talk about that before we wrap up when we come back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Hello, everyone. We're back. Alex, you back? Sure. You're back. I'm back. We're all back. And guess what? I'm feeling much better now. Uh, I'm feeling much better. I'm, I'm sorry if that was a bit too too much. If I went... Uh, I probably didn't have to go pick on every single model. I just... Uh, forgive me, folks, if I went too far. I just... I've never done... I don't think I've... Um, what nine and a half years on the show? I've never gone on that big of a rant on anything. Um, but good golly, Miss Molly! So, and to kind of piggyback that, I think what a lot of people—you either love this or you hate this army. There is no in between right now. Um, but again, I don't know if you like these guys. If this is something that appeals to you. Great. Go for it. No, great. The rules, everything like that, it's amazing. It plays super well to the narrative. It all makes all sorts of sense. It's just... I fully expect to be playing against a bunch of them at Wapaka. I expect to see a bunch of them there or at or at Adepticon. I mean, I knew they were going to be good when all of a sudden I see on Twitter there's a picture on Relian's account being like, oh, look, I got a whole, whole, whole army here. I'm like, oh, they must be good. Um, They're good they're, they're not slanesh good well nothing um, is and that's going to get nerfed eventually because that's dumb i think the big thing <laughs> is what the hell no. is that <laughs> slanesh let's ban him i'm sorry i'm not jesus christ <laughs> anyway um in any event it's one of those things that it's like if you play death if you like it play it it's a good rewarding army of the four books that have come out recently it's the one that i enjoyed working on the most and was the most fulfilling to me personally because i played tomb kings and this it's not tomb kings but it's kind of like a spiritual successor um sure and for me a lot of it felt right yep and i really enjoyed Playtesting it, 
love the final product on the rules. Well, yeah, and of the four um, books, it's the one new one. I mean, literally, there were two, what, two models? The new Tyrant, which is still a Tyrant. You could play your other Tyrants, you know, for that. Different equipment. Is it a separate War Scroll? It is a completely different set of equipment. Because the Tyrant War Scroll in the Ogre book now is written for the one that comes in the box. But is there another War Scroll for the old Tyrants in that book? I don't no. Think, so you could use the other ones. I mean, a Tyrant's a Tyrant, right? It's got one one list, one profile. Yeah, but it's it just the weapon options is really what makes it different because it's got the spear, it's got the hammer, it's got the right. blade. It's right. Just, I mean, it's, it's listed as that, but I mean, a Tyrant's. I mean, you. It's, it's not like if you didn't buy. It's only available in this box. It's not like if you showed up I with a different this, Tyrant. I wouldn't just, say, but yeah. Just, yeah. Um. So I mean, regardless of it being new IP and everything like that, um, and then you have the Ogre book, which, and I know there were some people that were upset about putting Gut Busters in with Beast Claws, but now you can kind of do this weird combo horde thing, but they're still p- fully playable individually. They just put it into one book, so you have options, and you're not buying like six different books. And you're still advancing that narrative. Same thing with the Iron Jaws and the Bone Splitters. Yeah, I think if we're going to go with the positives, if we're moving into the the the, the positive territory, I think both the Orc book and the Ogre book are objectively better than the books that came before Prior it. To. Yeah, I think that the Bone Splitters and the and the Iron Jaws books both were fun and they were both good. I think. This book is objectively better, even if certain war scrolls aren't as good. I think the Thunder Tusk is not as they, I heard that that war scroll is not quite as good as the war scroll from the Beast Claw Raiders book. It's because it plays different. It's an anti horde option instead of just auto sniping characters, right? Um, but I think once you yeah and and you know in a vacuum scroll for scroll, okay, that's not as good. Once you mix it in with everything else, the book does. I I think you look at it. I think it is objectively better. Both of those books. Um, Yes. And and even the Cities of Sigmar. Cities of Sigmar. That's 100% better than the stuff you were able to do with Dispossessed or Free Peoples or any of those things. Putting that all together. I mean, they're they're all better than the sum of their individual parts that they had before. I think those are three great books. I like them all. Um. And I love the Bone Reapers book too. Um, they, they are all these books. They are objectively better than than the than what came before them. Um, that's like I said. That's just that's that's how I feel about it. I'm I'm no uh, I'm no you know top table you know influencer over what you know these things should be, but I. I can't wait for the Slaves to Darkness book because that's wrapping Archeon into it, isn't it? Yeah, he's in there. He's on the cover of the yeah, book, so, for God's sake. So, yeah, what's his, uh, what's, what's his book now called? It's, it's uh, Slaves to Darkness. Oh, that it is used the, to be called Everchosen. Oh, right, Everchosen. Right, the Everchosen book with three units in it. Ugh, come on, man. Um, 
but uh, dude, I'm excited for Slaves to Darkness. I am so after what I saw with these books, and then all the cool stuff they're doing with OBR. I mean, like you said, the rules, the artifacts, the abilities, and OBR is all great. Uh, the new Nagash and Arcan don't do what they used to do, but what they do now do they do really well. There's some really cool stuff that they can do, and Nagash doesn't know everybody's spells now anymore. But I, I have a feeling that that got cut not because it was too awesome because you're paying the points for it. I got a feeling it got cut because it probably mixed strangely with the new because now that it can play with OBR. Um, I have a, I'm just guessing that there's stuff in that book that I didn't recognize that if you mixed with Nagash would be stupid. Um, so they had to change up how he could do things and he couldn't know all their spells. So I don't know if he's overcosted or not anymore. He's like 880, I think. And it still seems like a lot to play him, but I just, I love it all. Um, and that's like I said, I want to play, I want to play all of these books. Um, if, 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 if Games Workshop's goal is to get me to buy every army and play every, well, you, you know, they don't carry the player. Not. If their goal is to get me to buy every army because I want to play it, they're doing a great job, which it probably should be because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a testament to how interesting this book is that I want to play them even with models I don't want. Yeah. So now uh, all of those, let's talk about what's coming up because this is just the stuff that came out in the past month. There's still more coming down the line. Um, what have we seen from, what was it? What was the, was that Blood and Glory mm-hmm. that they re- released all this stuff in? Yeah. Uh, so they had the Slaves to Darkness preview, which was the new Lord on, I can't remember the name of that critter. Um, I just, but call- he looks more like menacing as opposed to like mid fight. Um, cause his pose is more static than we're used to. Yes. And then you have the new Chaos Knights that are like chock full of movement the new warriors which are essentially i think the old ones but then they just uncrunched them yeah and that's we, just fine yeah we were talking about this yesterday the what about the other day they were yeah, the other day too um because it's not today in fact in about 15 minutes oh now it's tomorrow it's after midnight so now it was now it is the other day so oh, god <laughs> I hate that. It's after midnight. It's tomorrow. Don't you mean tomorrow? Yesterday? Shut up. Get out of my house. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Aesthetically, they haven't changed at all. I mean, you you buy a box of 10 Warriors of Chaos, and it's those same guys who had their elbows attached to their hips and their arms straight out in front of them. Uh, it's, you know, that's, that that armor hasn't changed, and it shouldn't. It's That's, that's iconic. It's fantastic. You know, uh, one of the things that I like about it is everything that they've put out so far for Slaves to Darkness, you don't have to get those. Like, if you have the old Chaos Knights and the old Chaos Warriors, you can still play those. Um, these these models are, are nicer, obviously. They are so more dyna- so much more dynamic. Uh, you know, just moving your arms away from your torso um, just adds so much. I mean, they're fantastic. Uh, these I'm really impressed with. And that's saying something because they, they pretty much look just like the old models, except they're moving more like they're they're posed better. And that's just shows you it shows you how much 
the pose your model is in can affect the overall appeal of the model because they're it's their pose, and then they got the little uh, loincloth-y things that you got to give to all the Stormcast and everybody now. Everybody's got to have some chains or some leather hanging uh, in front of their crotch area for some reason, you know. Um, but they're great. And the knights are great, too. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Uh, just uh, If I'm if going to be critical of anything, uh, the Chaos Lord, he's got the... But that doesn't really look like a like a warped version of a Drakoth too much to me. Um, that's more like the Maw Crusher to a dragon than a because he is so squat and and so thick. Uh, I don't I don't like the squared off armor that they put on. But I don't like the ones on the on the dragon either. The Stormcast dragon and the uh, and the Drak the Drakoth riders the that. It just seems like it would not fit properly and would be uncomfortable. The very squared off shouldery armor stuff. That's just me nitpicking though. You would never nitpick anything. Um <laughs> So no, but then the other models that they showed for Warcry. Oh. Uh, the cat thing. Mind Steelers Spheranks or whatever it is. Yes. That thing. That looks like something almost kind of from Avatar, but with fur, and that's not meant as an insult because I don't like Avatar. But I don't either. No, um, but just the I big... definitely want to paint that as the Cheshire Cat. Not going to lie. Oh, this, it's so sleek. It's majestic. It's crazy. I looked at that. I'm like, oh, I like it. I prefer it with the horns down. From the two heads you can choose from, I prefer it with the horns down. Um, that thing is. That thing is gorgeous. That is a really cool, just like I said, majestic. I think is a great word to describe it. That thing looks amazing. It doesn't look like it's about to pounce. It doesn't look like it's about to attack. It looks like it's just standing there, like not like not even worried. You're not gonna you you wouldn't dare come at me. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, and then the Ograde Myrmidon or whatever his name is. Uh, the fighter version of the Thaumaturge. Yeah, the big oh. brother. Another the same size, but holy smoke. Yeah. I think in the on the I was just said that because on the community site they said, you know, unlike his little brother, because they're the same size, but this guy is a little little musclier, if if that's possible. And he's obviously carrying around a little more hardware, uh, a little more weaponry than uh not a magic staff, but oh that guy's that guy's I like that one a lot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one is the what they showed it earlier the the femoroid 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 crusher. Yep, he kind of looks like a giant Lord of the Rings troll guy. A little bit basic, but I like that guy too, man, because he looks tough. He just mm-hmm. and it looks like something fun to paint. Those the, these Warcry beasts. Have you been putting any beast or things like that in your Warcry with the expansion set? I did buy Monsters and Mercenaries. I bought the um, book too, but I haven't ever used anything f- from it. Like I haven't put any monsters in my crews. I haven't yet, um, mainly because I think that that's really going to shine more in a narrative setting. And if I'm going to do that, I would want to get a league going or a campaign system going. Um, the Mercenaries part of it, I'm going to try out a Chaos Sorcerer Lord next weekend. 
Oh, okay. So, Let me know how that goes. I hope it'll go well. <laughs> I'm certain it will. You know what you're doing. Uh, sure. Um, in any event, so <laughs> no, like for all this stuff that we've that they've talked that they've got out, and for the Bone Reapers to have the model issues that we've discussed ad nauseum. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. That can be adjusted simply by a slight weapon or head swap or a different paint scheme. It's like, it just, it blows my mind. Um, Cause they told us last year, it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, 2019 is going to be like 10 ish books. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And didn't they had ten last year? Didn't they? No, they had like eight or something last Still, year. Still, come on. This is like you know that that careful what you wish for. Yeah, because we got it. Yeah, I mean, like t- another level. Yeah, I mean, I I remember three books a year being decent. Four books a year was an amazing year. And then you be, and then and then that better be decent if you're playing it because you ain't getting anything FAQs nothing until that next book comes out in three or four years. Um, now I just I can't even keep up, but I can't complain about that because I've been begging for this for years. Now I got what I thought I wanted, and it's just so cool. Everything's just happening so fast. Uh, now, admittedly, of the last five books that have come out or coming out in this set essentially three are just rules yeah because they didn't release miniatures that is true um so that does help their production quite a bit but still um even sylvaneth they only got one new model with the, and then the endless spells in the new woods yeah but that was yeah that was their second release and yeah they did i i'm 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 i'm, I'm kind of surprised that i thought everybody was getting endless spells I mean, Ogre's at least got a piece of terrain. Uh, that's more than you can say for the other two. Um, I was surprised you didn't see some endless spells, at least for the either the Ogres or the... or the. I mean, especially with the way that the orcs, when you read the book, how crazy their magic is and how, you know, when the Wa power builds, if that guy doesn't cast crazy magic, he will literally explode. Like, I was expecting some cool Gorka Morka endless spell craziness going on there and i was surprised we didn't get it i'm not complaining i was just surprised we didn't get it and then like you said with the chaos words we get i wonder if there's going to be any other new stuff with that though like if they're retouching anything or if that's about it um i'm I'm curious to see how taking the different marks might work you know because i'm assuming they're going to the slaves of darkness can pick a, a, a chaos you know patron um I'm, I'm I'm very excited about that next book. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's going to be like the Cities of Sigmar for Chaos, essentially. Yeah. Because Cities of Sigmar, you can take in all Stormcast that you have access to. Mm-hmm. You can take Overlords for some. You can take Sylvaneth for Living City. So it's just like this mass amalgamation of all different options. And Slaves to Darkness can... It may be the same thing. That would be cool. That would be really neat. Um, 
Yeah. So, like I said, dude, there is so much good coming out right now for this game. We are totally. I mean, it's it. it I've heard the phrase used. I've used it before. I might have used it earlier in the show. It's, we are in a golden age for for this hobby. It seems. Um, the quality of the models, love them or hate them, the quality of the models is not matched by anybody, anybody's models. And there are great models out there from other companies, but nothing reaches the detail and the, the, how this is. The, the speed at which they're cranking them out um, and just all the stuff. I mean, the... They're, they're firing on every cylinder. You got one little hiccup, and that's just that's more of a of a aesthetic issue for me than anything else. I mean, even with them putting out an entire army, I dislike. There's so much stuff coming out. I love that it's like, all right, well, they just move past that. Like, there's no need to dwell on it. I got it out of my system. Now I'm good. Um, and that's I think that's what's important is that we're getting variety. We're getting the variety we've been asking for. For so long, hey, get, can we get stuff a little sooner? Can you get this going? And and if nothing else, it constantly keeps what's what what you see at a tournament. You know, I mean, you know as well as I do. Heck, I haven't been playing this as long as uh, I haven't only well, been playing around close to as long as you have. But there's guys listening who've been playing since they were teens that are my age. Didn't start playing in their thirties like I did, um, and. Uh, you know as well as I do. You remember playing. You go to a tournament and you play five games. And if you did not play, if you played something other than dark elves, vampires, or demons, that was like a oh, I played something that wasn't those three. Oh, cool. That's that's great. Um, you're not just seeing the same three armies anymore at all. You look at these lists when these guys from these different websites like AOS Shorts and stuff like that. They go in and they start giving lists of what's going on and breaking down. All that stuff and the variety is wonderful. Um, if you take anything away from this, uh, I hope it's not my my big negative rant. Um, it's just look all this. Look at all this stuff, and it's and it's and you know they've got stuff planned for next year. It's not like oh look we gave them five books in the year. Let's take twenty twenty off. You know they ain't doing that. I'm still predicting 2020 is going to be Tyrion and Teclas and Malarian's year. They're the guys who we keep hearing about that we got nothing for. I think, I think well, this is it. I think this is I it. mean, well, yeah. not saying. We got just the Deepkin. Nobody cares oh. about Teclas. Okay, that is false. I care about Teclas, and I am not nobody. That kind of hurts. You sure? Uh, Harrison's not a nobody, and he loves Teclas. There's two of us right there. Twice we've proved you wrong. You can say not many people care about Teclas. But I say this, Teclas did nothing wrong. I'm gonna be like the I'm gonna be like those Magnus people. I'm gonna stick up for Teclas. I'm gonna stick up for Teclas if only because it annoys you and Wayne Kemp so terribly much. No 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 no. Time out, time out. The one that did nothing wrong was Manfred. <laughs> Oh, you mean when they almost had everything lined up perfectly and that idiot came up and stabbed somebody in the back? I think quite literally, if I remember the story correctly. Yeah, he stabbed Balthazar Guild through the heart. Yeah. Um, Teclas tried to save the old world. Manfred was the one that gave us Age of Sigmar. Manfred did nothing wrong. Teclas <laughs> did everything wrong. Even trying to do the, quote, right thing, he still did it wrong. 
Well, hey, you know what? That was the best shot out of a list of terrible choices. And it was a Still fascinating an idiot. story. No, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Means well. Still I like him. Still an idiot. Yep, yep, possibly. But he's my idiot. I like him. So, uh, are we done? I think we're done. I think we were done like an hour ago. <laughs> no, I, come on. I mean, we you know, we just caught up on our hobby, and there's so much coming out. I wanted to talk about that. I thought it would be fun to talk about all the crap coming out. Because we don't often get to do that. Because when it's coming out, we're talking about a book for two episodes and no time to talk. And then by the time it comes around, it's done. So, yeah, no, no. I mean, makes perfect sense. Just we're done. All right, cool. Hey, uh, before we go, we want to again thank the Patreon patrons that make everything we do on this show possible, even to the extent of complaining. Uh, and I want to thank our associate producers, Philly Elliott, Dwight Sims, and Christopher Sanders. Uh, thank you for doing that. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, before we totally go, I did want to say one thing. Uh, Michael Robson, uh, he is a listener to the show, and he was listening, and he sent me a uh, f- uh, message on Facebook, and he's like, uh, hey, um, I've got stuff like that I'm not using anymore. Like he sent a garden of more. And some of the smaller, like starting up with, uh, he he basically sent a bunch of AOS models and terrain. He's like, I'm not using this. Would you like it for Warhammer Club? And we have not, the kids have not decided on a fundraiser. So we only have what Phillips and I own. And we've donated a lot of that stuff to it. Um, But no, we got all this great stuff for uh, Warhammer Club. Um, and it was just, I just wanted to thank you. I don't know where you dropped out, but I was thanking Michael for sending stuff to us and just like, here, give it. I brought it to club on Monday and I'm like, Hey guys, here's this. And like, wow, this looks so cool. This looks so cool. We should get some. I was like, no, this is yours. This belongs to club. Now he just, he's like, he's not, the guy's not using it. So Michael, if you're listening, the entire club, uh, wanted to say thank you. Um, for that because I, actually they pulled that stuff out and put it out when they was playing that first game of AOS that he was showing them how real AOS is like. Um, so we cannot thank you guys enough. for. Uh, um, he's not the only person. We've had other people who've donated and sent stuff in. I think I... Uh, I think... Think I was thank I think I thank the other people who sent stuff in. If not, I'll try to make sure I get it done for the next episode. But um, it's just it's it's awesome that people like heard us talking about it. And we're like, hey, we've got extra bits. Let these kids play. Um, and I'm just I'm I'm tickled at the response. Um, seriously, I got with a lot of kids who not only would have never played anything like this, but just really don't live in a situation where they can really afford to do this hobby that much and to have this opportunity they are eating it up they've never done anything like this every monday we have warhammer club and every monday morning these kids are popping we have club tonight right we're going to be there we're going to play did you bring did you bring your unmade because i want to play like it's it's stupid exciting i'm very excited but i i digress um alex 
Dave, we done. Next episode, I know I'm going to talk a little bit about Gut Trek because he's awesome. But that's about that. So I will talk to you. Well, I'll talk to you right after the show. But we will be back in a few weeks, folks. And until then, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at some kind of geek 30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening. Was I too harsh? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I could have, I, I seriously, I could have gone on for another 20 minutes. I, I really didn't mean to because I want to love it so bad. I'm trying to talk myself into liking this army because I want to play it. And I'm like, if they were just a little bit better, I could ignore the fact that I didn't really care for them. Yeah. So you really, you, was I too bad? Was I too, was it too much? Was it really too much? Why don't you listen to it when we're done? All right, I'll listen to it tomorrow. It's due out tomorrow. I'll listen to it in the morning, see what I see.